T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right. It's a Friday, everybody. TGIF, the last show before Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody, if we don't get a chance to say it again, because we are jam-packed, as we typically are on Fridays. Uh, thanks for tuning in here to Sports Daily. I'm Jacob Albrock, alongside Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing. We call him Santa Jad because we've got giveaways all the time on the show, and that'll continue today. Uh, we'll give away a little bit of HTO to you Uh, As we get ready for the holidays, it's been a busy end of the year with those giveaways, and they're always available on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. Glad to be able to do that for you. Glad to be here with you on this final show uh, before Christmas. It'll be fun. We've got Wyatt Thompson coming later this hour to talk K-State, to talk about the big K-State Wichita State game last night. Uh, So we'll get into that with Wyatt Thompson. Um, Interesting game as the Cats take it over the Shockers. And we'll get into it. We'll get into a little Thursday night football, a massive uh, monumental baseball signing. And surprise, surprise, it's the Dodgers again. They get it done. Uh, So we can get into that in just a second. We'll probably start there because I know we're going to talk college basketball in the next segment. We've also got Paul Savage coming in top of the next hour. And for hour number two, we'll make some picks. We'll have some fun. Tommy, real quick thoughts, because we'll talk about this in the next segment. Shockers, K-State, what'd you think last night? Uh, You know, I thought it was a gritty win for Kansas State. I mean, I was impressed with them. They got to the line a lot, and that was ultimately the difference maker, I think, in the ball game. And really, Wichita State didn't shoot the ball well at all in, in that game. They really struggled from beyond the arc. And, you know, it wasn't, I don't think, the most pretty game by any stretch of the imagination, really for either team. But Kansas State gutted it out. I thought it was a good showing for the Wildcats to bounce back weekend against Nebraska. Um, I think that the talent level is pretty darn close between these two teams. But ultimately, Kansas State, they were able to get it done. Um, And it was I think the word I used a couple minutes ago is gritty. I'll use it again. It was a gritty win for Kansas State. Yeah, I think your talent uh, talent level is interesting. I agree. I think that K State 
you know, has some really talented freshmen that will develop over the year. But as as you look at the experienced players, I, I would probably agree with that. Um, I think that, you know, as we see Bijan Cortez make his debut last night for the Shockers, uh, it was a little, you know, uh, maybe a little bit sloppy, but I think you can see the upside there with him. And understandably, in his first game as a Shocker, you know, he was trying to do a lot and sometimes ball got away from him. I think between he and DeGray, the Shockers will get better. With those two, they're just going to take time. It's unfortunate. It's going to have to play a little bit into the conference season. It was an odd thing for me last night because I'm watching the game, and I'm just like, I don't I don't think the Shockers are playing poorly, but I think K-State is a little bit better. I, I was impressed sort of with both. I like that Wichita State, you know, sort of reawakened the offense a little bit with with down low with Poto and Ballard. It was good to see those guys, you know, get back. Ballard to was it. really good. I mean, Ballard was yeah. five of six from the field, thirteen points. That was good. Well, he was looking for it, right? Like they were looking yeah. for him, and he was getting easy buckets. I don't, I don't know that he's ever going to be anything more than easy buckets, but those easy buckets are going to be a big part of whatever it is that they do. Um, they, you know. K-State won the rebounding battle. It wasn't dominating either way on the rebounding front. I know Shocker fans will be upset and, and probably are are already upset with us for the fact that we've not mentioned yet that the free throw disparity among the two teams. Uh, and it was yeah. large, right? Uh, the, yeah, the Kansas K-State, State got to the line. That was the difference. K-State took 29 free throws. Wichita State took nine uh, in K-State, made the vast majority of those, shot 23 of 29 from the free throw line. That was absolutely the difference in the game. So, you know, as we look at it and you evaluate it, I think that it is fair to come away and feel okay about both teams, if you're a fan of either, right? Like, K-State right now with all the off-the-court stuff and, and bouncing back after Nebraska, that they're just kind of – you got to just get clear of Naquan Tomlin's situation, and then you'll feel pretty good, I think. Wichita State, it's now we've got these two new players here. Uh, I think both of them clearly are going to make an impact, and I think in a couple of weeks, hopefully it's quickly, you'll see a, a more a shocker team that looks more like what we thought it would at the beginning of the year. Now, other things have developed, right? I'm not sure anybody thought uh, Xavier Bell would be as big a part of the offense as he has been and needs to continue to be because it sparks them a lot. Right, they're not shooting the ball well. I don't from three. I don't think that's going to change. They're three and nineteen last night. That just not for whatever reason, Wichita State over the last five years or so cannot shoot threes, and it doesn't look like that's going to change this year. Um, you know, I I I guess you just have to learn. How, KU doesn't shoot threes either. Like you can be fine without doing that, right? Like you can figure it out. So we'll see. We'll talk more about that in just a minute, though, uh, because we'll have Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats, joining us. Let's talk about uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Tommy. This comes right about the time those games were ending, as it looked like it was which New York team's going to get him. We probably should have all seen this coming with the with the uh, breakdown of how Shohei Otani's contract came in, but his buddy now, Yamamoto, they played together for Team Japan in the World Baseball Classic, gets a record pitcher deal from the Dodgers. Uh, 12 years, 325 million. It's all in. It's 375 million because they had to pay 50 million just to, you know, just to get the rights to talk to him to his Japanese team. So you're looking at, uh, I think it's about 1.1 billion dollars for these two players for the Dodgers. What was your first reaction to that? Good luck to them. 
that's a lot of money to spend on two players. And and I know that, of course, Shohei Otani is the greatest baseball player potentially of all well, time. Let's call it three players then, $1.1 billion on three players because that's kind of what they're getting. Absolutely. And then you you add in they've got Mookie Betts and they've got Freddie Freeman. They've got Walker Bueller. They traded for Tyler Glasnow this offseason as well from the Rays. I mean, they have stacked up and it is, for all intents and purposes, a super team that the Dodgers are building. And what I think it kind of struck me a little bit funny. I wasn't surprised that Yamamoto ended up in L.A. with Shohei Otani. Didn't shock me one bit, but I had to chuckle a little bit because all of a sudden to me, it seems like the Arizona Diamondbacks come out of nowhere in their division. They make it to the World Series. And in response to that, the Dodgers drop $1.1 billion. And it's not probably directly tied to that, but I think that there's a little bit to be said about that. Like, look, the Dodgers had been at the top of their division and the top of the league for the most part over the last five or six seasons. And then all of a sudden the Diamondbacks in their division end up in the fall classic and they go out there and drop over a billion dollars on two players. Good luck to them. It's hard to manage a super team. You can look at teams in other leagues. Look at the Warriors, you know, in in the NBA. They won titles. It was hard to manage. Well, the Dodgers have never really had a super team to this extent. To this extent, they've, they? had, they've been spending the most forever now. Well, like sure, but they've not put together. Conclusion. They've not put together a top to bottom rotation or starting lineup that is at this level with this caliber of player and this amount of money altogether ever. Right. And so uh, good luck to them. Uh, it's going to be one of two things is going to happen. And this is the, the problem with the Dodgers spending this kind of money. Either they win like they should be winning and the expectations are for them to win and win big and win championships. And if they do, it will be expected like they spent all this money and they should be in this position or they don't. And it's a massive, massive failure. And so, I mean, the bottom line is that with these additions, they should be winning championships basically every season that these guys are on their team. They should. That should be the expectation. And that's not reality in Major League Baseball. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, look, that that might be the expectation, but that's never going to be a realistic expectation in baseball because it's hard. But it it is the expectation. That's fine. Not a money that's expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I get that. But the, the fans probably lose here. But the Dodgers are making a money investment because you get to play a hundred and you get to play eighty-one home games, right? I, you're doing everything you can to win a World Series. But the Diamondbacks went to the World Series last year. It's hard when you get to the postseason, and you we know that you cannot. History shows us you cannot buy your way to a World Series. You just can't do it. It never yeah. works. So. It's it's almost like these to me are regular season investments because you gotta just throw your hands in the air in the postseason, like because I, I mean who knows what will happen in the postseason. But that's they're not spending one point one billion dollars for the regular season. They're spending one point one billion dollars to win championships consistently. The other thing that I want to point out, I haven't looked at it since Yamamoto signed, but I remember bringing it up on this show before Otani signed with the Dodgers. They're over on. Was 94 when Otani became like 97. Cool. That's is he worth He's three probably, wins? You're paying that guy 98, worth, eh, 98, you know, 99. I bet 1.1 billion dollars never, for four yeah. wins. That's that's what I mean. So 
When I say, of course they're trying to win World Series championships, what I'm saying is the Dodgers can succeed through these deals, even if they don't, because of of how much marketing and advertising money they'll bring in and ticket sales and all that. Like, as far as a financial investment only, people are like, well, how can they do that? They can do it because these investments will make them money. They hope it will win them World Series. But we don't know that in baseball. If this was the NBA, we'd know it, right? Oh, you they're going to win the, early, they're gonna win the you championship. Think, you think potential early playoff exits will be acceptable with Otani, what Yamamoto, is not a, you think Freeman, people are, okay, Betts, all so of that? Let's say, let's say they go three years and don't win a World Series. and You think people will not show up in the fourth year? Not saying that. I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about with the investment on the field. That's not going to be acceptable. But what is, but what is the consequence for them not winning World Series for the next three years? You're looking at it clear, like just solely from a financial point of view. No, I'm and trying I get to that. understand I'm not why. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not arguing either. What I'm saying, of course it's not acceptable. The expectation is to win a World Series. The expectation's already been to win a World Series with the Dodgers. They've had the best regular season record for like a billion straight years. What I'm saying, I understand. What I'm saying is I understand where the Dodgers come from in making these types of investments. I don't think any smart business person is going to burn money. I don't think they're doing that. That's so people are like, "Oh, they're spending a 1.1 billion dollars just to, no, they're spending 1.1 billion dollars because they'll make more than that on their investment." They're also trying to win a World Series. I get why they're doing it. It's it's the fans' problem. Baseball teams don't care that this is happening for the most part. Players certainly don't care that this this is great for players. Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell are the big winners yesterday. You think they want a salary cap? No. So I don't know what the change is. Like, get used to it because I don't know how this will ever be collectively bargained out. This is the business of baseball. And unless baseball steps in and does something that I don't think they're allowed to do without collective bargaining, this is it. This is what you can do. We'll talk more about it as we make our way through the show. Let's take a quick break. We'll talk about that Wichita State-K-State game uh, from the K-State perspective. Wyatt Thompson was on the call for the K-State Radio Network. We'll have him next on Sports Daily. You know, the real losers in the Yamamoto deal are the rest of the NL West, but this is one of those things where it's like, thank goodness Major League Baseball expanded the playoff, right? Because it... Like, otherwise, could you imagine what the, you know, like the Giants, the Padres, the the Diamondbacks, the Rockies are feeling right now if we don't have two wild card spots? Like, it's like, oh, we're never going to make the playoffs. But with two wild card spots, you, you just kind of can. Something to, to ponder with all that. We'll get, we'll get more into uh, the business of baseball and Yamamoto and all that in a little bit. But first, the voice of the K-State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, joining us now on Sports Daily on the uh, night after a... Well, it's a packed house there in Kansas City and a lot of purple. I thought it would be maybe a little more uh, evenly split. It was not, Wyatt. That was a big K-State crowd last night and a big K-State win. Really was. Uh, good being on with you guys again, and uh, Merry Christmas to you. I, I got to be honest, I, I was really pleasantly surprised with the turnout in the crowd. It was the biggest attended Wildcat Classic ever. Um, we had a really big crowd Back in 2010, I think I remember, and I think I read uh, when UNLV was there. But um, it, it was a fun, fun night. I, I think Wichita State has a nice team. I think K-State does too. You knew it was going to be a game, and it was. And, and uh, 
proud of their effort and their bounce back from the Nebraska game. I think, to me, that's what stands out the most. You know, Tyler Perry scores 17 points in the game, Wyatt, and, you know, I just, it felt like they were able to kind of put what happened with Nebraska last weekend behind them. Did you feel like it was just a different kind of effort, different kind of output from this team than what you witnessed a week ago? Yeah, the output for sure. And and I think sometimes I've learned over the years being around this so much with coaches that a lot of times what you put into it in the prep um, is what you get out of it when you get to the game. Now, with that said, you never really have control on whether the ball goes in the basket. That's what makes basketball beautiful in some ways and so frustrating in others, right? But, But my point is this. After the disappointment of Nebraska, those guys went back to work, got refocused, and they really worked hard. Coach Tang mentioned to us on the postgame radio show last night that he got after those guys like he hadn't before, and they really responded, and I think he was so proud of that. And, you know, you mentioned Tyler Perry. I I thought he really was aggressive. K-State's a better team when he's looking more for his shot uh, and yet distributing the ball. Uh, Another guy that I was really proud of last night was David Gasson. I thought he had a maybe his best game as a Wildcat this season. Uh, he rebounded the ball decently well. He, he shot it. I think he shocked the world going three for five at the foul line, which shows you that he put in a lot of work over the last few days in refining that, uh, that touch and that release a little bit. Um, and, and for me, after Nebraska, the, the job that they did on the glass against the Shocker team that has some length and some quality to it was, was really standout from my perspective. So, Wyatt, I know Shocker fans and coaches, quite frankly, were frustrated with the foul disparity from your seat. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think that got away from the officials? Was that a concentrated effort, uh, a concerted effort, I should say, from K-State? Or, or what did you make of 29-9 to 9 at, the, at the charity stripe? Well, it is a little bit hard to look at that and not question it to a degree. Uh, I, I, I'm going to try to be as, as fair about that as I possibly can. Um, I do think K-State was aggressive, though, and that was part of it. Um, it did seem, though, like maybe more separate. And again, some people are going to agree with me when I say this and some won't. I don't know that in from my seat, which is what you ask, if I saw that big of, of a def- differential, honestly. I, I mean that. Uh, but but I think when it's all said and done, you know, it's, it's, it played out the way it did. And I think in part because, as I said before, I think K-State was aggressive trying to work the ball in and, and getting paint touches and, and then working out, too. And, and I think that led to some opportunities. White, I really felt like there were several times in the game last night where Wichita State made runs to cut the lead that Kansas State had. And really, I thought the Wildcats did a good job of kind of absorbing those body blows, withstanding the runs that the Shockers had, and then extending their own lead back to a comfortable margin at several different points in the game. What do you attribute that to uh, for Kansas State to be able to not only absorb those runs from Wichita State, but then to get the lead back? It's a really good question. Um, I think probably the, the most simple answer is, is just hanging with it and not losing concentration and focus and, and maybe even deeper than that, not getting frustrated by not being able to put those guys away. I mean, they're up 
9, 10, 11, and you're thinking, okay, they're going to even extend it out a little bit more and have some real big separation here, and they could never do it. You know, they they got up 11 that first time, and I'm I'm thinking this really feels good. Things are going well, and the next thing you know, it's a five-point game. So Wichita State fought. Um, I know they – and, and this is going back to what we were talking about before with, with the foul disparity. I, I think it hurt the Shockers a little bit that they had, a, excuse me, a couple of two or three guys uh, with a couple of early fouls, including Kenny Poto. That, that's just my perspective. You guys know the Shockers better than I do. But um, I, I think it had an effect a little bit on the game that way. Uh, but when, it, when it's all said and done, you know, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm very – very proud of K-State's effort last night. I thought they had great focus and great energy, and they needed to have it against that team. Yeah, we were just talking in the segment before. It's a it's a strange because obviously we observe both teams uh, in a different way, and I think sure. for sure with with everything that has played out with Naquan Tomlin and the Nebraska game, you just feel good that K-State's energy and effort were you know, at their peak, right? There was no letdown in that game. And for Wichita State, when you when you consider that the fouls did get away from them and they had to try and play through that, they just got two players yep. back, DeGray and Cortez. I, I think that Shocker fans can feel okay coming out of that too. They just went blow for blow with K-State with the challenge of a foul game like that. So it really was. It was, it was kind of a nice game to see, I think, for both teams a little bit. I don't disagree with that in any way, and I'll even add to it by saying this. I like Wichita State's team. I like their effort. They played through some issues. I think you will agree with me on this. I really was surprised, pleasantly surprised, at what Coach Mills got out of Bijan Cortez. Um, Talking to the Shocker radio guys beforehand, I think they felt like maybe he could play, but weren't sure. Um, and, and I thought the guy really played under control. He played with passion. He got inside the K-State defense and distributed the ball well. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't like anything that he did. And, you know, it's <laughs> trying to take my K-State bias away and just kind of looking at Wichita State. I like their team. I think they're good. Um, did they play at optimum level last night? Maybe not their best. But I do like the makeup of their team, and I, I think DeGray and, and Cortez are, are going to help them uh, in a big way. I, 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 that's just the way I see it. I like their length. I love Rodgers. I think he's just a terrific scorer. And Bell, I thought Bell also played really well in the game. He was really aggressive getting inside. One more non-conference game, Wyatt, for the Wildcats after Christmas on uh, January 2nd, Chicago State, and then into Big 12 play. Obviously, there have been a ton of distractions over the last couple of weeks. I kind of felt like the game last night was a good palate cleanser a little bit for Kansas State. And then, of course, that yeah. you know one more final remaining non-conference game. How do you feel about this team overall as they are very close to getting into Big 12 play? a great question and and i you know as you're asking it the one the, the the first thing that popped into my mind was had they beaten nebraska how good would we feel is that right. a fair thought absolutely i, I think sure. that yeah be, because if they had and they didn't but if they had i think people would really feel great going into break on a seven game winning streak even through the naquan tomlin thing because i'm, I'm just telling you 
Quez Glover is going to give K-State a, a shot of energy on both ends of the floor, and, and he will play for the first time against Chicago State on January 2nd. I got an opportunity to watch him at practice the other day. He was moving really well. I, I thought he did so well that maybe he could go last night, but this is one thing I'll say about Coach Tang. He has been very, very straightforward and honest about this. He will not play before January 2nd. I want him to be totally healthy. <laughs> and he uh, resisted temptation there, as he always does. And, uh, nope, we're going to wait till January 2nd. And his, he's, he's got elite quickness. I think he's a good defender. He can shoot the ball. He averaged uh, about 14.5 points a game last year. Uh, so, so he'll help. Uh, again, I do think this team is still continuing to find itself and, and you know, define and refine if you will and i don't think they've played anywhere near what they're capable of yet uh but but i i suppose when it's all said and done at the break being nine and three uh ten and two sounds better i get it uh but you got to live with it and move on because they've got to get better and 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 because of the league is so darn good i mean the league is really really good guys really good yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they land. Am I incorrect, Wyatt, yep. when I look at them and wonder how much higher? Because we know the ceiling came down with Naquan Tomlin gone. Like, there's no question right. about that. So, like, as I look at them and wonder how good they can be, is it as simple as as good as the, you know, Rich Finister Ames, the freshman, can develop over the course of this season? Is that what raises or lowers this ceiling? Or is there something else with the other group who it feels like we kind of know what we're going to get out of those guys? That's another fantastic question from my perspective, because I think it's a little of all of it. I still don't think we've seen the best of Tyler Perry or for that matter, Arthur Kaluma. I was very excited about David Gasson, as I mentioned a moment ago last night, if he plays like that with that kind of aggression, K-State's just better, right? I, I still think that those three freshmen are going to be really, really good players during their time at K-State. The question is, is can they continue to improve and get better as this season goes on and help as we get into these harder and harder games? Because they are going to be exactly that. Um, you mentioned Dorian. Um, I've always liked him. Um he finally got an, a little bit of an opportunity last night. I thought he was – I mean, he didn't do a lot. But, uh, you know, with his length, he can come in there and give you a few minutes. And that's the thing. I, I guess what I'm saying at the end of the day, when you boil all of the water out of it, for K-State to be good, they need everybody, right, more times than not. I mean, it's one thing occasionally to, to lean on the scoring of, uh, of Kaluma and, and Tyler Perry – but they're just better when everybody's doing their part. It's a little different that way from last year where you had two pros and <laughs> things were pretty good with that group. Let's shift gears a little bit here. Wyatt, we're less than a week away from the bowl game, the Pop-Tarts Bowl in Orlando for the Wildcats. From your perspective and being around the program, what do preparations look like as we are now less than a week away? I think it's been pretty good. I'll be honest, the first day or so, I, I don't think it was very good. And, and you can understand why, because of the time off and because of, you know, working around finals. And, and, and let's be honest, guys, this team is going to be different when we get to next week, Thursday, than it was uh, that last Saturday in November for a multitude of reasons, personnel, um, you know, transfer portal, um, recruiting finals, all of those things, it, it, and, and not that everybody else isn't going through the same thing, but 
you know, I, I was thinking about this driving with Tom over uh, to Kansas City last night. You know, you, you, there's no Will Howard, uh, Ben Sennett, Philip Brooks, Kobe Savage. I mean, if you go back to August, those were probably the guys we were talking the most about, right, in terms of guys that K-State will lean on heavily and for leadership and that, that kind of thing. So I think what this is going to end up being is, is, is and didn't even mention Colin Klein, probably should have mentioned Colin Klein, this, I think, is going to be a game that wraps up 23, but also gives us a little bit of a peek into not only next year, but down the road, uh, whether we like it or whether we don't. And I, I think for the most part, people are going to like the product. And I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about just the bowl game, but but moving forward, you know, we've talked about Avery a lot. And some of those guys that, I mean, Jace Brown, you know, finished really, really strongly. And I think other young guys could could have a hand in this. We'll see how they do, but but I, I do think this this is a, a team that after those first couple of practices started started to kind of get back, you know, together there a little bit, and, and things were better in the most recent practices. I, I didn't see the one yesterday, of course, but um, I think things are going fine, and let's see let's see how uh, next Thursday goes. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, so signing day happened this week too, Wyatt. You've seen a lot of signing days yeah. and a lot of classes come through K-State. Last year's was, you know, a, a big one, as big as any we can remember. This year's was a little bit quieter. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think I, I'd just be curious as we look at this and these things change, and it's probably less important, honestly, than it ever has been with the transfer portal. But, you know, KU feels like they had a really good year, one of their best they, they've had maybe ever. K-State was a little quieter, it felt like, on signing day. How is this class? And is it, you know, is there a reason maybe it was a little bit quieter because last year? I just don't know, like, opportunity is such a big part of this, too. But what was your take on the class coming in? Well, I'll be honest, and you guys probably are aware and know this about me. I, generally speaking, I'm pretty much the eternal optimist. Would, would you agree with that? Sure. But That's but, your job. But <laughs> – but yeah, but with that said, here's what I'm going to tell you, uh, and I, I mean this sincerely. I, I think they did it, had a really nice little flourish there at the end. Um, I, I really think the coaches are so excited about the the defensive end slash defensive tackle, Malcolm Alcorn Crowder out of Butler. Uh, he brings size uh, to the table, athleticism, can play inside or out. Uh, I really, really like that one a lot. And then the the other uh, junior college player that they got, I think, could step in. Uh, Dante Thomas, I'm talking about a safety, uh, decent size is 6'1", 190. Those guys could certainly step in and, and be impactful players right away. A couple of other thoughts there. Um, love the uh, – not a ton of Kansas kids, but the four they got, I think, are really, really quality. And then uh, – speed element. I have to mention that because I think they really wanted to uh, upgrade there. And I think the running back out of Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman High School, is going to be – well, he's got some pop to him in, in terms of his, his uh, athletic talent. And then they had a receiver from Texas that uh, Dequez is going to be a, a speedster too. And that So in a more than a little bit of a nutshell there, I, I, that's how I feel about it. I, I think the coaches feel uh, that when you consider – the, the signing class, the transfer portal, and the PWOs, the preferred walk-ons, they did just perfectly fine and probably better than everybody thinks. 
Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's it. It's it's a t- I, t- signing day is hard. It's harder now, I think, than it ever has been. Yeah. So we appreciate it. OK, so the next time we talk to you, why it'll be post bowl game. What do you guys have special on that broadcast and what can we look forward to? Well, looking forward to it, um, you know, as you guys know, Connor Riley is uh, going to be the offensive coordinator for this one. Uh, I've known Connor now for five years. I, I think he's ready for this opportunity. Uh, I think he's excited about it. Uh, we'll feature him in the pregame show. And uh, uh, usually on these special occasions, like the bowl games and stuff, I go to those, you know, veteran leadership guys. And I mentioned a lot of good quality leaders there a while ago, but two that I didn't mention, we're going to visit with with our pregame show, or at least that's the plan. Uh, Consensus All-American Cooper Beebe, who's one of the best offensive linemen in the country, uh, going to visit with him and then Austin Moore. Austin's, uh, I think you guys know this, but Austin's going to come back next year. So's Brendan Mott. Couldn't be more excited. Uso Sayamalo, too. <laughs> I think K-State's going to have a nice football team next fall. We're excited about it. We're excited about that bowl game, of course. We've got our eye on the local, Avery Johnson, and uh, just hopefully we get a, a glimpse into the future and everybody can be excited about it. Wyatt, we look forward to the call, look forward to the game, and look forward to another conversation next week. That that sounds good, guys. And I, I, I too, uh, mark me down with you there. I'm very excited to see how Avery handles all of this. I talked to him a couple of days ago, and, he is really pumped. <laughs> and, he's ready. I don't we we know we know him yeah. enough to know he's ready. He's been waiting for this his whole oh, life. Yeah, All right, yeah. Wyatt. Merry Christmas. Happy yeah. holiday. Same. Uh, we'll we'll see you next week. You got it, guys. Great talking Merry- to you as always. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There goes Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats. If you joined us late, there you can jump back on at uh, kfhradio.com. Check out the podcast version of that. Uh, you can also go to our video stream available on Facebook, on YouTube, on. Twitch, we got a nice festive feel to it. We're going to make some picks, top of the hour. We'll come back to that baseball story, uh, a nugget to get to in the ACC as well as this Granite Rights in Florida State, getting a little more information on that uh, here in the last few minutes. Uh, we've got a special, was it, uh, it the night before Christmas, Jad? Is that right? Night before Christmas read from the Chiefs? Yeah. We'll have that for you in the second hour. Uh, we're feeling festive today. Welcome back, everybody, to another day of Sports Daily. We'll see you on the other side. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, We won't talk to you again before the end of Christmas. Uh, Santa Jad, how you feeling? Let's give away some HTO real quick. Sounds good. Uh, I hop hotline, 869-1240. We'll give away two free brew house coffee drinks, which are good for iced hot coffee, espresso. You get hot tea there, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. It's, uh, it's more than just the delicious iced tea, but you can get your hands on two of those free ones that'll be good for the Wichita East location or in Derby. Uh, we are... Uh, putting in, it's going to be a crazy day for us, Tom. We've been dreading this day, but looking forward to it because we're re-merchandising the entire stores this afternoon. Uh, so if you go in there, you'll see all kinds of new stuff and snacks. But 869-1240, Jad will get us a winner for those two free brew house drinks at HTO. Uh, good luck. Merry Christmas. All right, let's go back to baseball for a minute, Tommy. I, I think this, you know, it's go- we're just going to keep talking about this, but I don't think there's a solution that baseball is uneven. Of course it is, uh, but it's always been that way, right? This isn't a new problem for baseball. Contracts are just going up. But you've had a group of teams at the top of 
you know, having the ability to bid on big time free agents and it's a small group and nobody else really can. And there'll always be an outlier every once in a while. And that's the way it's always been. But when you go back and you look at the list of World Series champions, that I, I think the saving grace for baseball is it's so difficult to win a World Series that you're always getting a variety there. They've expanded the playoff, which will keep more teams in the mix for longer. Um, you know, I saw something last night. I don't remember who said it, but they're like the greatest gift the Royals have received is that they play in the AL Central. It's like the greatest offseason thing that could have happened. But I think the extra wild card spot helps that piece of things. It's just it is reality, and I don't see an end in sight because it would have to be collectively bargained. And I don't think the teams or the players have any interest in this working any differently than it does. It would be different if the teams that are the big spenders are winning all the championships every right. single year. And that Probably just doesn't really so, happen, yeah. right? You know, like th- then these teams are always in the hunt. You always have the Dodgers in the hunt. Uh, before this last season, the Yankees are typically always in the hunt. I think the Mets are the shining example of a team that spins like crazy and they typically don't win, you know? So it's not a guarantee that when you spend all this money, that just means that a team is going to win a world series. I think baseball is unique in the fact that the team that takes the field in April, a lot of times it's not the team that ends up winning the world series at the end of the year. It's a long season the dog days of summer are real. That's different than in the world of the NFL. I mean, I mean, there's always going to be differences from a team that starts the season to a team that ends the season in any league, but I'm not sure that it's as big in any other sport but baseball. And so I, I just, I don't think that it's a massive issue. I really don't because these teams are not consistently winning championships year in, year out. They may be in the hunt, but they're not consistently always winning the championship. How many different World Series champions, Tommy, do you think we've had off the top of your head in the last 10 years? Seven. Nine. Nine. The only team to win two in the last 10 years is the Astros. Yeah. So, like, you know, and it's not the same. Like, So that tells you, one, and I only went back 10 years. I mean, if you go back a little bit further, you had the Cardinals in there. Uh, the Yankees would get in there. The Phillies, if you stretch it out to about 15 years. So you'd have, I think, about 12 in the last 15 uh, off of a quick look. Like, the that's the thing. Like, the regular season, you know, uh, diversity is not there as much. But the postseason is. And so you get these opportunities to to do this. And in baseball, it just is different, though, right? Like, it's not... I don't think you would see this as much in the NFL, right? You wouldn't yeah. if they didn't have a salary cap. You you might in the NBA. You probably would more in the NBA, but in baseball, there is you you just you really are operating with different economics. And I and I, again, I don't think that's a curable problem. I I have more issue and more desire and appetite for a salary floor than I do a salary cap. Right. To make sure that when you have such a disparity between the Dodgers and the Rays, that the Ray or or let's use the A's because they've been the worst offender here or the or the Guardians, that they're doing everything they can to at least try to be competitive. And and they don't. And the Royals, you know what? They put their money where their mouth was this offseason. That's great. That's all we need to see. That's all we want to see. Just give your fans 
you know, the at least perception that you're trying to win. And I don't know that, you know, there's some teams that don't do that. But as long as you have that, there's just a difference between L.A. and Kansas City. And, and there just is. But here's the other unique thing about baseball compared to the other professional leagues. It's been proven there are multiple ways to get it done, depending on the team, depending on the location of the team. In the NFL, I think we can all agree, and there are some exceptions, but in the NFL, if you have a star quarterback and then you, you you draft around him, you sign some free agents, whatever... A lot of times, that's the blueprint for big-time success. In baseball, there's really not a consensus. Look at the Rays. Look at the Orioles this last season. Young, homegrown talent in the farm system, and these teams had success. Now, the Orioles flamed out in the postseason. The Rays flamed out in the postseason. But the Diamondbacks didn't, and the Diamondbacks were young, homegrown talent, and they made it all the way to the World Series. The Rangers did it a different way. They spent a bunch of money. And they made it to the World Series. The Braves, my team, they've got a a lot of young stars that they signed to long-term contracts. And they've won a bunch of games and challenged the Dodgers in the National League. They're, They're typically not going out and spending a ton of money on free agents. That's not their strategy. So there are a bunch of different ways to get it done. There's not one blueprint. And I think that's what makes it unique in baseball. Well, here's, look, baseball is baseball. Yamamoto is going to affect at the absolute most 20% of the games the Dodgers play this year. Imagine that in football. Imagine saying Patrick Mahomes is only going to be available to the Chiefs for 20% of their games. Yeah. It's just baseball's just a little bit different. And and that's and, and it is what it is. And that's why you'll always have that chance because the Dodgers can go spend this money. This guy's only going to help them maximum in one-fifth of their games that they play this year. Shohei's different, right? That's why he was so valuable. Uh, But it is, we'll just see how it plays out. They'll win a ton of regular season games, and then we'll find out if this guy's good enough to win a postseason game. 869-1240 is the number to call. Congratulations to Michael for winning some HTO Brewhouse coffee. Paul Savage jumps in next. We're going to make some picks. Final picks of the new year, right? No, I guess we'll have one more set. Uh, But it'll be a fun week either way. We'll recap the latest, tell you where things stand, and pick 10 more games in the NFL next on Sports Daily. Hey, sports bettors, ready for some picks destined to fail? Time to hear what the Sports Daily staff thinks of the weekend games. All right, welcome back into Sports Daily, hour number two on a Friday means we welcome in our buddy Paul Savage in. Uh, Paul is uh, licking his wounds a little bit. I think that was probably your worst week of picks, Paul, and you're falling behind here, three and seven on the week. You know, that's uh, Tommy horrible. goes six and four to win the week. Yeah. I was right in between five and five. Paul uh, in second. Tommy making up some ground on Paul, and I've uh, I'm ahead. I think by like five games. It's close. It's close all the way around. How are you, big man? I'm good. How about you guys? Hey, ready for a great Christmas? Uh, Oh, yeah. Of course. Let's go. By the way, I've already – I went yesterday to uh, HTO, got – you know how we started this tradition of gallons of tea for for our dinners, you know? So there you go. How about that, big boy? You're a part of my family tradition now. You can still get some. Uh, Paul, we're we're unloading all kinds of new snacks this afternoon. Oh, uh, wow. And really cool stuff. You'll have to check it out. They're good. They sent us a box. Good, good. Uh, to like sample them, they're really good. They're yeah. like 
they're they're healthier in the sense that that like it's the good ingredients. I, I, whatever we'll see. You'll see them in the store the next time you go in. Well, um, all right. Let's let's make some football picks, Paul. It was a rough week on you. I, right. I hate you know I hate to oh, hate to hear stop that. Stop that because you don't. It just mean breaks that. my heart. You don't. Hey, I love mean it, man. That at all. you're a terrible liar, Albrock. You're a terrible liar. Should I be doing that this close you, to Paul. Christmas? Oh, yeah, that's should, it. We should be nicer yeah, that, than that today. Yeah, you're coming way for too me. close to Christmas to you're be coming taking those kinds of things. You're coming for me. I'm you're only two games back. For me. Only two games back. Well, I if think somebody it could, be... it would be nice. It's lonely up here at the top. Oh, oh. see, you know something? Okay. We're we're just full of ourselves this morning, aren't we, Jacob? We're full of something, Paul. <laughs> yeah, we are full uh, of I'll something. I'll tell you that. That is for sure. All right. So let's let's do this. We got ten games to pick here, so we gotta we gotta get through it. Uh, and we'll start. We didn't get to pick yesterday. We would we would have all picked the Rams. I I should have bet more money on that. I like that game all week long. Uh, but we go to the Bengals and the Steelers first. Remember, we've got Saturday games. You've got Saturday, Sunday, Monday games all over the map here. So we'll start with Bengals Steelers. Uh, Jamar Chase will not play in that game. We learned yesterday. Mason Rudolph is quarterbacking the Steelers. The Steelers are home underdogs, which is a theme this week in the picks, fellas. A lot of home underdogs here. Um, I'll start. I'm, I'm lead. Actually, no, Tommy, you won last week, so you start. Give us the first pick. Well, you know, the Steelers are in free fall right now. There's been a lot of drama with this team over the last couple of weeks with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and just kind of their maturity. And there's some turmoil going on, I think, in the locker room. And, you know, Mike Tomlin is really, really good at mentoring and that sort of thing. But it's not been good in Pittsburgh recently. They're 7-7 seven and seven in a division where outside of the Ravens, you know, that they had an opportunity with Joe Burrow going down with the injuries that have happened with Cleveland. But here the Steelers sit at seven and seven and they're in real danger of finishing under 500 on the flip side with the Bengals. You mentioned Jamar Chase is out, but Jake Browning has looked pretty solid in his time quarterbacking this team. I'm going to take the Bengals on the road. I'm going to lay the two and a half. I think they win by probably a touchdown. Oh, I'm with you. I'll pick next. I, I, It's tough without Chase Brown. Here's the scary part for me. I think I'm starting Browning in two fantasy football semifinals. I don't have another option. Uh, so even without Chase, I think I'm going to roll there. The Steelers are down three safeties right now. Three, they're, they're, so they'd be to their, I guess, fourth string safeties here. Uh, so I think Browning can get it moved around a little bit. I'm with you. I think the Bengals, just if you're going on vibes, have such better vibes right now. But Steelers as a home favorite, Paul, is an interest. I mean, sorry, as a home dog, is an interesting island opportunity. What do you think? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I might take it. I haven't quite decided. I'm going to talk myself into it in this process right now. But, you know, there's drama with the Steelers. I guess the receivers, you know, have all kinds of problems within the receiver core. I, I mean, and this is going on all over that team. It's not like a Mike Tomlin team to be this way. I'm very, very surprised at that if you really want to know the truth. But you got a home team and you got a team that, as you said, Jacob, there's a bunch of these opportunities. You know, Steelers are getting two and a half. Well, that's nothing to sneeze at, uh, particularly when you're at home. I need to make up five games on Jacob. You know, and I'm going positive. I, I really could almost pick either one of these teams. And I think you guys were the same way. Uh, I do have caution, though, with the turmoil within the, 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 the Steelers and their entire team. There's something going on that I'm not even sure we know all that's going on. But I'm going to take the Steelers because I'm that kind of guy. I'm that kind of guy that's going to step out. I'm going to go out on a on a, on a ledge, and I'm going to take the Steelers because I'm making up ground, boys. 
It'll be interesting if this goes sideways, what that means for Mike Tomlin. All right, Browns-Texans. Texans are a three-point home dog. Uh, I'll go first here. I, guys, I, I C.J. Stroud's not going to play. I, I'm kind of in on the Joe Flacco Browns a little bit here. They're healthy. They've got good pass targets for Flacco. They're blocking it up for him pretty good. They're keeping him out of pressure. And their defense, while hobbled and not as good as it once was, I think is good enough to hold Houston at bay without C.J. Stroud. I'm going to take the Browns and, again, take another you know, road favorite here in a in a divisional, not a divisional game, but a game among playoff contenders. So I'll take Cleveland. I'll lay the three. Paul, what do you think? Well, I would take I would take the Texans if Stroud was playing. There's no question. But then on the other hand, if he was playing, they wouldn't be getting three points either. I mean, more like maybe a pick'em, maybe maybe something like that. I don't know. I'm impressed with Flacco. I'm just going to tell you guys. You know, the guy came out of retirement. I don't know how long he's been retired. I can't remember. But anyway, he's been been out of football for quite a while. Comes out. Plays pretty darn good. Just goes to show you that, you know, you get in the right setting. And is this the right setting? Or is the Browns the right sure setting for is. a Joe Flacco? Well, it appears to me. I mean, I don't know, but it appears to me that it might be. I kind of like the Browns, too. If Stroud was playing, I'd take the Texans probably if it was like a pick em. But you know something? He's not playing. I'm going to go ahead and go with with uh, the Cleveland Flaccos. What do you think, Tommy? You guys do realize that the Browns barely beat the Bears a week ago, right? The Bears are not a good football team. They barely beat them. And that was with Justin Fields. That was with basically their full complement that they have in Chicago. I'm not a believer in the Browns. I like their defense. I always have. I just don't think that, you know, they're that great with Joe Flacco. I've been a big believer in the Texans. It doesn't look like C.J. Stroud is going to play. That clearly hurts them, but they didn't have him a week ago, and they were able to beat the Titans, albeit in overtime. I haven't, I haven't seen his Nico Collins playing in the game this weekend. It looks like he's questionable, I think so. so I don't know if I think he's going to so, be that. He, he didn't know. play a yeah. week ago. They don't have Stroud. They don't have Tank Dell, obviously, who's out for the season. Um, I'm going to take an island. I got to make up some ground. I just, in general, like the Texans a lot more than the Browns. So give me the Texans at home and I'll take those three points. Yeah, look, the Browns, yeah, they just barely beat the Bears. Bears defense is playing better. They beat the Jags the week before that. And we'll see. Flacco, let it be an example, Jets, of how you treat an old quarterback. You give him a good offensive line and see what happens. All right, Paul, you're up first on this one. Lions at Vikings. Vikings plus three. Another home underdog here. Vikes plus three against Detroit. What do you think? Anybody have confidence in the quarterback situation with the Vikes because I don't think I do. Nick Mullins he well, looked pretty good last week he, he did look good last well, week it's 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 okay maybe one one out of what 10 I don't know anyway one out of one he's only All had right. one start come uh, on now well okay I guess but here's the thing I have no confidence in the Vikings I'm gonna go ahead and I like I like Dan Campbell I just go back to the fact I'm giving this nod to Dan Campbell because he's the head coach of the Detroit Lions I'm gonna go ahead and take the Lions Tommy, it's been a master class for Brian Flores, piecing that defense together for the Vikings. It's Mullins, but it's also Jefferson and Addison and Hawkinson, and now Ty Chandler, who looks a thousand times better than Madison has. What are you what are you doing here with this one? This one's interesting. Really interesting. And you know, here you here we've got another home underdog in the Minnesota Vikings. The Lions have not played well on the road this season, but they've not played well on the road when it's an outdoor game. 
This is an indoor game in Minnesota. Jared Goff is much better in a dome. He's going to get a chance to play in a dome in a divisional game. You know, I've not been a big believer in the Lions Don't do it. this season. Don't do it. But I, I, I'm no. going to take Detroit. I'm going to take oh. Detroit. I'll lay the points. I'm going to lay it. the three points. I'm going to give Jacob, I'm going to give you an opportunity to take a Vikings island here. Yeah, I kind of like that island. Look, the, the you, you brought it up on the road. They lost to the Bears recently on the road. They crushed Denver at home. The one thing I look at in this one is, is you know, I, I think it's probably more even than people think, is the Vikings stop the run well. Like, they, they have their deficiencies, and they've been overcoming them against the pass. But, man, I you know, if you can take the, the run away from the Lions and the Vikings do that well – at home with a field goal and those weapons, I'll take that. I'll take a stab with wow. the Vikings. I'll take a shot at it. Hey, fellas, uh, I'll, three, I'll take the home points. Three picks, three different guys on three different islands. How do you like that? That's never happened like before. That. That's never happened. It, it, th- putting this list together last night, I was just like, boy, this is uh, this is an interesting day in the NFL. All right, Falcons, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Colts, I think. Uh, Tommy, you're up first on this one. Falcons minus two and a half. Uh, they're our first home favorite of the week. What do you think here? I I don't understand why the Falcons are favorites Me here. Neither. I just I don't get it. Yeah. I I don't. I thought that was a typo when I saw that. At <laughs> I first. did too. I I don't get it. I mean, the Falcons. Yeah, they're desperate, right? And Arthur Smith is on the hot seat for sure. Desmond Ritter is not working out in Atlanta. The way that Arthur Smith has utilized Bijan Robinson has been tragedy this season for Criminal. the Falcons. I don't understand why the Falcons are favorites in this game. I'm going to take the Colts on the road. I'll take the points. Uh, I just think, uh, you know, I've been a believer in Gardner Minshew recently. I really have. It's hard because we're going to get Heineke, right? And not Ritter, Paul. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's what I think. That's what makes it a little. I don't trickier. think it matters. It probably doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and, probably, and and so yeah. what makes it unpredictable? I'll, I'll go next here. What makes it hard to pick is if they use Bijan Robinson, you kind of like their chances, right? Like if they just feature him, but for whatever reason they won't do that consistently this year. Guys, I'm sitting Bijan Robinson in a fantasy playoff game. I can't trust it. It burns you. I'm going to take the Colts too. I. I I like it. I like the Colts getting points, especially. Uh, Paul, what do you think? Well, you know, this to me is like the easiest pick of the of, on the board today for the three of us. And and I'm I'm with you guys as much as I would no, like to take. Well, I mean, as much as I'd like to take an item, Tommy, I was like you. When I got this from from Jacob yesterday, I think it was last night. When we got this from Jacob, I thought to myself, well, "Wait a second, is, is he sure it's it's the Falcons are giving to?" I, I, I was confused, but anyway. I'm going to take I'm going to take the Colts as well. I'd love to be on an island here, but boys, I I don't have any confidence in the Falcons covering by two and a half. I don't even have confidence right. that they'll win the game. I, yeah, I, I I what a weird game. Same I love Indianapolis on the money line. By the way, see yeah, oh for sure. If you're going to bet the Colts, bet the, bet the win. Uh, Seahawks Titans Titans are getting three points at home. Here we go again. I think I'm up first. Look, I've got to take Seattle because I don't know if Will Levis is playing. He didn't practice again yesterday. This is a hard game to pick on a Friday without knowing if he practices today. I'll assume he's not playing, and I will take uh, the Seahawks. If Levis plays and they're still a three-point 
home dog. I would probably take the Titans, but I won't because I don't know, and I'll take the Seahawks, and I'll, I'll lay the three points. Paul? Well, problems at the quarterback. Geno Smith, I think, is is healthy, but he's not starting is, is my understanding as as we speak. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now, uh... Boy, this is a tough one. This is a very, very tough one. I think I'm going to go ahead and take the Titans here again. You know, you're getting three. You're at home. You're the Titans. The Seahawks have some question marks. Fellas, I don't know if this is the right one or not, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Titans. Tommy? Uh, it doesn't look like there's been a decision, by the way, yet, as oh, far as the quarterback oh, for Seattle for this weekend. But there is a storyline coming out of Seattle uh, that's a headline on ESPN that Geno Smith said that he was hurt by the Seahawks' decision to not start him on Monday night. Oh, um, I don't baby. know if that plays in anything, but he was yeah. hurt that he didn't get a chance oh, to start yeah. that game. I know. Regardless I know, of that, regardless of that, the Seahawks are better than the Titans. I'm going to take Seattle, Paul. I'll let you have the Tennessee well, Island. Good. I'll join Jacob, and I'll well, lay the It's not place. a bad island. It's not bad. I, if not... Will Levis plays, Paul, I, I'd be with you. on. If, it's a Will Levis thing for me, and – that's strange about Gino because he and Locke have a you know a well noted great relationship. So uh, interesting there. All right, uh, they don't. There's not an easy one here to me this week in any of our picks. Uh, Commanders at Jets. Jets are three point home favorites against Washington. Boy, uh, you're up first on this one, Paul. What do All you right. think? Well, uh, I asked last week was Aaron Rodgers playing, and, and you guys said no. You didn't think he was playing this week, and I, I assume it's. Well, he's week. not playing now. We know uh, that. Well, that's, I'm being sarcastic, for God's sakes. Thank you for helping me with that. But anyway, the point is is that even without him, I still have a little bit of confidence in the Jets. Listen, who do I have more confidence in winning a football? I'm not even worried about the point. Who do I have more confidence in winning this football game? I think I have a little more confidence in the Jets and the Commanders. A lot going on with the Commanders. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and give the points. I'm going to go ahead and take the Jets. I don't know why, but that's what I'm going to do. Tommy? Um, okay, the Commanders, Ron Rivera looks like is 
kind of on his way out Maybe. in Washington. Um, but the Jets just got blanked thirty to nothing by the Dolphins a week ago. Well, they're good. Though. They're they're not. Well, yeah, but the Jets are not good. Uh, if the Commanders are getting points, I think I will take Washington and I'll take those points. Um, I just I don't have any faith in the Jets for the rest of this season. Now that the Aaron Rodgers news is out and they're out of the playoff hunt, they don't care. Just wash it away and start next season. So I'm going to take the Commanders. I'll take the points. It's Trevor Simeon. I do think this week will tell us a lot about the Jets. Zach Wilson, that happened just a few minutes ago. He's not playing. Um I'm going to will into existence a Brees Hall game here. I need a Brees Hall game oh, for my boy. soul. Uh, so I'm going to take the Jets. I think I think they are a much, much, much better team than Washington. They've just had a quarterback problem. And I don't. it doesn't strike me a solid group as one that gives up or anything. I think they've known for a long time Rodgers wasn't going to play. So I don't know how much of an impact that's had. But I'll, I'll take the Jets and let's go Brees Hall. Uh, lead us to a fantasy championship. Is that an island for you, Jacob? Is that a Jets no, island? No, Paul took the Jets, too. Oh, Paul took the Jets. Yeah, you're okay. on the island, Tommy. So I get the island with the Commanders. Okay, let's go. All right, Bucks minus two at Jags. This one is fascinating. You're in on the Bake Show here. Baker Mayfield has been really, really good the last few weeks. Jacksonville in totality has not, and that's why we see the Bucks as a home favorite here. Uh, I think I'm first. Guys, I got to take the Bucks. I gotta take. I gotta ride the bake train here. I gotta do it. The Jags are not playing well. The Buccaneers have all these weapons. I love Mike Evans. Godwin's kind of getting in a groove a little bit here again. I'm gonna take Tampa at home. I just am not feeling the Jags at all. Paul, what do you think? It's a moment by moment deal. Sometimes in the NFL, and I respect your feelings on that. If that's what you're feeling, I get it. I don't know any of any better way to try to make a decision. I'm kind of with you. I like I like uh, uh, the bake train. What'd you call it? The bake train. I the like bake the bake train. The bake show. Whatever you want. I like the bake train. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and hop on with Baker Mayfield. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bucks as well. The Jags started out a lot better than they where they are right now. I'm not sure that I have as much confidence in them. I know you did said you didn't, Jacob. I'm going to take the Bucks, Tommy. There you go, my friend. There's a chance for a fairly deep. It's not the best island in the world. But it's not a bad island. Yeah, give me that Jacksonville island for sure. Now, I love Baker Mayfield, and I have not understood the Baker Mayfield hate this entire season. I started Baker in a couple of fantasy football leagues last week, and he paid off for me. It's been awesome. There are massive, massive playoff implications in this game for both teams. Jacksonville is in a three-way tie in the AFC South, Indianapolis, and Houston. They've got to win this game if they want to get a leg up in the division. Because if they don't, they're going to fall into a wild card that's really, really muddy. So I'm going to take Jacksonville to bounce back. It's not been good for them recently. As much as I like Baker, give me Jacksonville. I'll take that island, and I'll take the two points. Tommy, I think you're first, so you go back-to-back here on this next one. Dolphins getting a point at home against the Cowboys. You love the Dolphins. You taking this swing? I am. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Minus one. Um, I mean, it's a pick'em game. The Dolphins really impressed me a week ago against the Jets. I, I know, again, the narrative is that they haven't beaten anybody, but they've, they've got to shed that reputation starting this week against the Cowboys. I watched the Cowboys game a week ago against the Eagles, and the Cowboys just looked uninspired. They just against looked the like Bills. they, they look great against, against the Eagles. Bills. 
against the Bills. They looked uninspired. And so they follow it up with another AFC East team this weekend. Give me the Dolphins. I'm going to lay the one point. My problem with the Cowboys has been it is it happens too often that they are flat out coached and they were flat out coached against the Bills. Like the Bills game planned them to death. Historically, the Cowboys respond well to that, though. And I think there's a decent chance that was their dud game. And they typically do well in the aftermath of that. I'm going to take the Cowboys here. Um, I think, I suspect that there will be a lot of Cowboy fans in Miami. Maybe not quite the same environment they saw in Buffalo. I just, I think, you know, I know these dud games comes. It's why I don't think they'll win a Super Bowl. But they do respond well to them historically under Mike McCarthy. I'll take the Cowboys and I'll take the point. Paul? Well, I think... That's a good point. Tommy's was a good point as well. Let me just give you a little bit of analyzation as I see this game. I see this game being game planned by the Miami Dolphins. We all know that, you know, the Cowboys have the ability to rush the passer and put pressure on the passer, both up the middle and on the on the rim. They they they're good at that. They're very they're a very good pass rush team. And when you have that, what happens with the team you're getting ready to play? They figure out ways to get the ball out a little quicker, get the ball out to the flats, get the ball you know, on shallow crossers and all that kind of stuff. I like the ability, I because th- I've been, you know, watching hard knocks with, with the uh, Dolphins in season. I like, you know, that's a good coaching staff. I've really gotten to appreciate that coaching staff. It's different. It's unique. It's it's not your traditional, you know, raw, 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 tough guy type situation, but it's unique. I think that the Dolphins will do a great job getting the ball out quickly and negating a little bit of the pass rush for the Cowboys. I hate to do this because I, I, Cowboys are my number two team. But I'm going to go ahead because I want to win this tournament and defend my title. I'm taking the Dolphins. Look, I, if the Dolphins are smart, they'll just run the ball just like Buffalo did. I mean, run, 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 well, run, run. They'll get the ball, the ball out, out with Tua, Tua fast. They can get the ball out yeah. quick with a guy we'll like Tua. They better. Mike yeah, well, Carson they better. That's right. They All better. Right. Uh, Raiders, Chiefs, fellas, as we'll move quickly through these next two. Chiefs, 10-point favorites at home. Look, I, I I think I think this is a pretty good spot for the Chiefs, honestly. Uh, the Raiders, you know, the Raiders got out to a 14-0 lead and then didn't score the rest of the way, basically. I think the Chiefs will be good here. They should get Pacheco back. I like the Chiefs. I like a minus 10. Tommy? Uh, you know, they were 8-point favorites against the Patriots. I think that the Raiders are a better team than the Patriots, but the line is is bigger. Uh, and so that doesn't make me feel super comfortable. I get it, but it doesn't make me feel super comfortable. That being said, if there's one thing I want for Christmas, I just want a Chiefs blowout. I want it. I want the Chiefs to just for once this season on Christmas Day at home, in front of their fans, people celebrating the holidays. I want them to beat the Raiders by four touchdowns. So I'm picking this with my heart and not my head. It's a big time number. I don't like it. But I'm going to lay the 10. I'll take the Chiefs minus 10. Tommy, this is Paul? that this is that game, Tommy, where you know that 10 points will be covered by halftime. How do you like that? That's my assurance to you. You've made the right pick. Congratulations. I'm very proud of you for that. I'm going to go ahead and take the Chiefs as well. That 10 points will be covered by halftime, fellas. All right, uh, Tommy, final one, the big one, game of the year, Niners at home, five-and-a-half-point favorites over your Ravens. Are you insulted personally by that line? Uh, This line is disrespectful to the Baltimore Ravens. It is absolutely disrespectful 
for the Baltimore Ravens, who, by the way, have the exact same record that the 49ers do. And it's five and a half points. I would have understood it. I don't, I, I totally understand why the Niners are favorites in the game. But if it was two and a half points, three points, whatever, somewhere around there, okay, I can live with that. Five and a half? Come on now. Give me Baltimore. I'm going to take Baltimore. I'm going to take Whoa, the five and a half. Wow. If it's a five, it's five and a half points for a team that's 11 and three, and they're pretty complete. No disrespect intended to the 49ers, but I'll take the Ravens and I'll take the five and a half. If home, if home fields were three points, then really they're telling you that the, the Niners are two and a half points better than the Ravens. I think that's understandable. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Niners. I'm going to lay that five and a half and take them at home. All right. Good luck. Uh, I love this game. Can't wait for it. It's a touchdown. I mean, it's within a touchdown. So I, I think it's you know reasonable here. Uh, it's a number that will be really hard to actually bet, but I, I'll t- I'll pick it. I'll pick the Niners at five and a half. Uh, Paul put somebody on an island. I, I'm going to put somebody on an universe. island. Oh, the Chiefs yeah. universally. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. When I look at position by position, whether D line, O line, running back, quarterback, uh, group of receivers, uh, uh, safeties, basically, you know, just sort of group by group for both of these teams. I give the nod to the 49ers, I think, a little bit. Now, the Ravens got a great football team. I mean, for guys' sakes, they're 11-3. and three. I get that. That's the, way, that's the way the NFL works. But on the other hand, it seems like the 49ers have figured something out. And, and, and they're good. And they know they're good. And they're playing like a team. They're being coached like men. I, I like the 49ers to cover. I don't, know, I don't know if it'll be very much over five and a half, but I think it'll probably be a touchdown to ten points. Somewhere in that area. I'm going to oh. take the 49ers, fellas. I, just, I can't thank you. not take. Oh, thank, I thank love you. Did that Did you just island. say thank I you? I love it. Oh. Well, okay. We, maybe I love you, that Merry island. Christmas. Take me to Merry lunch Christmas. or something there. if you like it that time. <laughs> yeah. It'll be uh, – we, we, this is going to be a volatile week most likely. We are all over the map, and I – I don't feel great about it. This is a weird week. Way too many home dogs. Only this one week for sweep. My taste. Only one sweep, Jacob. The That's Chiefs, all yeah. there is. That's all there is. I've got yeah. four islands. Oh, no, there's two islands. sweeps. Two sweeps. Colts and the Falcons. That's right. We swept. Oh, we all way. took the Colts. That's right. Yeah, That's we right. did. All right. Yeah. Uh, That's it. Good luck, everybody. Uh, Tommy, you're stepping out. Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah, enjoy thanks. the holiday. Have a good I holiday, appreciate it. My Merry friend. Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas to all the listeners and everything. And we'll see you back on Tuesday. Such a wonderful present you leaving me with Paul for the next 40 <laughs> minutes. I really appreciate there it. There you go. Jad, quit <laughs> laughing so hard. Jad just fell out of his chair. All right. We'll be right back. More Sports Daily. we got to talk about this Florida State stuff next. Back everybody, Mike wishing us and everyone here at Odyssey a Merry Christmas. We appreciate that, Mike. Merry Christmas to you too. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Uh, we uh, we couldn't do it without you. It is the greatest gift we could receive is that you pay attention to us and hang out with us each and every day. So thank you for that, Jacob Albrock, Paul Savage here with you the rest of the way. Uh, Paul, it's uh, fitting that you've got your maroon Bethel uh, <laughs> shirt on today, your sweatshirt there for those watching on the video stream, because the you know the maroon maybe most famous that there is at Florida State is shaking the tree, rattling the sabers, 
and trying to get out of the ACC. This yeah. was inevitable after the just absolute travesty that they're not in the CFP. Maybe that's the favor the Big 12 needed. Florida State's looking. I, I've seen reports this morning at a $575 million exit fee, but Florida State looks like they're legally going to challenge that exit fee. And you know what gets interesting is do they have a case, Paul, that being in the ACC cost them a ton of money by not getting it. I don't know what they're going to do here legally, but they've been thinking a lot about it. They're mad. They're motivated. And and here we go. This will get interesting. This will get interesting. And, of course, the specter of the a, you know the ACC is, is the SEC. I mean, you know, the, the, you've got, like, Georgia and Georgia Tech. you got Florida, Florida uh, State. You've got – I mean, it, it, it goes on and on. There's a number of, of situations like that. So you you think to yourself you got you know it's just it's kind of like a mess with the ACC they're kind of like a, uh, a a poor sister you know that uh, that that has no 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 suitors and you know and I understand and I get it because Florida State was once a very very proud program I mean think of all the great teams under Bobby Bowden I just throw out that name and we know how great he was as a football coach and what he meant and and things aren't the same and what an insult listen I was one of those people who thought. Florida State didn't have their quarterback, their good quarterback that got hurt, what, uh, the next to the last game before the, the uh, regular season was over. I believe that was the case. Uh, but they still won out. They were oh, uh, they were 14-0 and 0 and don't get a, a, a play-in spot at the Final Ridiculous. Four. I didn't get that. Uh, I understand, though, that, that, that the committee has the right to look ahead and say, well, you know something, if somebody's hurt, it's, you know, we can take that stuff into consideration. They've had their quarter Paul, their quarterback's been hurt for a month, and they've won every game since he's been hurt. Yeah, but he, but he was also – but their good quarterback was also out, done for the year, and, that's, and that was kind of – That's know, what I mean. He's been hurt for a long time. Right. He didn't just get hurt. No, I know. They, they had them ranked right. higher – Right. Since he's been hurt and then swapped it. And do well, you remember Jalen Milrow earlier in the year? He looked like crap. Well, but the point is, I guess the point that I'm trying to say is that, you know, you're 14-0. You've adapted. You've overcome. You, you've handled some adversity. That says a lot to me, Jacob. You know, when I, sure it when does. I coach, you know, part of being successful at a, any particular school is the ability to overcome problems, overcome things that are a handicap. And every football team throughout any year will have those kind of adversities. And Florida State did a great job of handling it. They had a right. They had a right to go. They've got a right to understand that I'm a little irked. I don't like what's happened. And I think they're within their rights to blame the ACC. What, what kind of sway does the ACC have that would help Absolutely. their teams? I mean, I look and I think to myself, well, this is – this is a football league, and I'm just going to say football league. I mean, I don't know about basketball and all that at this conversation. But this is a football league with the ACC that doesn't have any clout. No clout at all. You're undefeated. No clout. And that is is something that can't be tolerated. That's why Florida State's got to get out. Now, I don't know if they're going to go to end up at the SEC. One would think that's where they're going to go. Florida may not like that. If you're Florida, by the way, yeah, just I don't know if the to... SEC wants him. That's I don't what know if I'm the SEC wants him. That's what the Big I'm Ten, wa- But the Big Ten probably would. I mean, if you want well, Washington so, and Oregon, well, you'd want Florida State. Well, so would the Big I would Twelve. Think. What about the Big Twelve? Well, that's what about I mean, the Big look, Twelve? We can all have we can all have pipe dreams that the Big Twelve. That's not going to be Florida State's first choice, though, because the money's not as big. Right. At least not as it currently stands. Not knowing what's going to happen with basketball, mm. but the, you know, it's 
it's it's almost like baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights plus original programs minor league broadcasts and local pre- and post-game shows Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Do you really blame Texas and Oklahoma for leaving the Big 12 if you try to take your bias and your fandom out of it and just look at it as what's best for those two schools? I got you. I got you. And, of course, some people would say, well, yeah, but if you're, if you're Oklahoma and Texas and you're in the Big 12, I mean, you're going to be – you're going to be one of those teams that could yeah, win a Big 12 just, championship year in and year out. That's not – I can't say that for either one of those two teams. I know I think I think Texas will have a better chance they, in the long run than Until than this year, the, Texas hadn't been in there in forever. I like, know, you know, but like, I'm looking at potential. I mean, you're from Texas, for guys sakes. You know you know the footprint yeah, you just that go, the you University have of to Texas go, ha- Right, okay. You have to go to the when – you, when you see what just happened to Florida State, that so easily – could have happened to Texas or Oklahoma right. coming out. That's why it's necessary for them to leave. I don't blame them for it. I hate it. I hate that they're not in the Big 12, but I don't blame them for it. Right. And it's the same thing for Florida State. At some point, if you've outgrown your league and they feel that they have, then you probably have to do something else. And, you know, th- this playoff going to 12 teams is going to – from a fan's perspective, be, make everything fine, it right? Should. This won't happen again. That's right, it won't. Um, but but I get it, where Florida State's coming from. And as a Big 12 fan, I don't hate that this is happening because the Big 12 has a tremendous opportunity here to solidify the future. If they can do some version of what they did with the Pac-12, and whether it's Florida State or not, whatever teams leave – there will be an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. And the Big 12 has to take advantage. Because here's the other part. It's not like the ACC is not going to try to grow too. But the one thing they don't have is the the ability and flexibility that the Big 12 does in their TV deals. Remember, the Big 12 negotiated a new deal. It will expire before the ACC deal that currently exists expires. So they're going to get to go back to the table again. Right. But I'm not impressed with the ACC's expansion. Isn't one of those teams SMU? I mean, that's... Yeah, I don't know what happens to them. I I don't either. See, and not that anything against SMU, but if I'm Florida, if if, if I'm the ACC, I want a big splash. SMU's not that splash. No offense to SMU, but they're not the splash I'm looking for. Yeah, no, I know. We'll see what happens there. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Jad's got a special Christmas treat for us from the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll come back with that, and we'll continue with Sports Daily. was the night before Chiefsmas and all through the kingdom. Fans were all dreaming about winning the big one. Our jerseys and sweatshirts were laundered with care in hopes that good luck would come with their wear. The refs were all nestled snug in their beds with visions of penalties danced in their heads. And Mama Holtus in her robe and I in Chiefs get up 
were planning the broadcast for the very next matchup. The hour was late, and we'd both had some tea, so what happened next could well be a dream. But a noise caught my ear, and I jumped out of bed. I looked out the window to see a red sled. It was surrounded by men with helmets and gear, and in the sled seat, a man that would steer. With glasses and mustache and headset on head, I knew in that moment, it must be Big Red. His eyes had a twinkle and a look of great wisdom. He clearly had plans for pleasing the kingdom. But what happened next, I can barely explain, for suddenly on my lawn, a real football game. There were cheers for both sides, fans from both places. This wasn't Arrowhead, but somewhere like Vegas. The anthem was sung and the crowd was at peace. Well, until the end, when most exclaimed, Chiefs. I rubbed my eyes and I rubbed them again. Am I seeing the future? Is this the big game? We won the toss and they took possession. But they came out strong, got a score, then a second. I started to worry, is this a bad dream? These Chiefs were too good to fall to this team. We scored a few points, but I was still nervous. We've come too far to let this team hurt us. Our defense was fierce and held them from more. But we'd have to hurry if we were to score. The crowd still had faith in a win for our team. In fact, they were louder and starting to scream. The Chiefs were behind in the last quarter, but Big Red was shouting a series of orders. I could barely make out what he had to say, but from what I could hear, it was a trick play. The whistle pierced the air, then play began. I was so anxious, what was the plan? But in a few moments, it all would be clear. A play from now on, we'll call the reindeer. They both read the same, game and play clocks. The play would depend on some very good blocks. But worries were wasted, as soon you'll see. And we would do more than just put up three. From Creed to Mahomes, then over to Kelsey, then back to Mahomes and Kadarius Tony. Those final few seconds felt like all day. Eight different players touched the ball on this play. Then as timers all fell to zero, Marquez Valdez-Scantling would be our new hero. He lay in the end zone with football in hand. The Chiefs with this victory are champs once again. Suddenly, my yard was just a yard with only the sled. And preparing to fly it was a jolly big red. A Chiefs win on Christmas sure would be pretty. Merry Chiefsmas to all. And touchdown, Kansas City! All right, there you go. Merry wow. Christmas, everyone, wow. from Mitch Holthus and the Chiefs. That's great. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you had that there, Jeff. Yeah. So are you? have you been good to Santa? Uh, been good enough for Santa to come see you this year, Paul? You know, I'm always good. You know, the uh, that's my middle name, Paul Good Savage. I, I thought you knew that, but, yeah, I've been really, really good. R- extra good. A lot better than Jad. Jad's not been so good, I don't think. Right, Jad? Yeah, probably true. See, see I saw him yeah. anyway, but, you know, so. But I've been a good boy. I've been a really good boy. Good enough. Well, have good you got, how is, how is, you know, how is everything for Christmas this year? 
with the savages. Are you in town? Or are you going up to the cabin? Well, we're 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 going to go to the cabin. I'm, I was going to let you know we're going to go to the cabin for a for about a week and just have a little layout and fun. And I guess if you need me, I guess we're going to work out a station up there. There's Odyssey stations all over the place, so I'll still be able to fill in and. And uh, it'll be at an Odyssey station in Colorado Springs. But yeah, we're uh, we're going to be gone for a few days and 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 have some fun. And uh, you know, you always make sure when you go to Colorado because you've been to our cabin. You've been to my cabin, haven't you? I've seen pictures of it. Oh. I've been up oh. there, and we I think we drove by That's the area right. when and my sister in law got married or something. Right. And I told um, you, do not ever rent a hotel again. Remember that? I said because yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that's what it was. You you did that night. You'd already done it. But anyway, but the point easy is, to say after we've already left. Oh, oh man, oh darn! You should have stayed at the <laughs> well, cabin. Oh, well, yeah, you would have you know. been welcome. You know, instead of having to do your broadcast from the bathroom for guys' sakes. But anyway. that's right. That's right. I did. I was yep. sitting by the bathtub in that, the toilet. That's uh, exactly but we got right. that. But we got the show on we the air. We did it. Well, we but anyway, what are you guys doing? We're working. We're here. Uh, I'll be, we'll be working pretty feverishly until Christmas morning, uh, and then we'll get Christmas morning just with our kids here and my wife and I, and then I'll be on CBS Sports Radio Christmas night, and then back to the grind for another week through the new year, and then uh, and then we'll go home to Texas uh, a little after the first of the year. So uh, we'll we, you know it, we'll have our Christmas morning, which we're really looking forward to. It's pretty nuts at the. Uh, at the old HDOs here in the holidays, it kind of it kind of throws things into a loop for us. But we're we're figuring out that routine, and we'll be good. Well, good. Uh, did you catch any of the any of the Shockers uh, Wildcats last night, Paul? Well, a little bit. I mean, I I try to catch them. I I don't get uh, ESPN Plus, so I had some problems, but I listened to part of it. Uh, and and by the way, from from at least the descriptions that I was getting from from radio was that, you know, they played well. I mean, it was a nine-point game. I think by sense of that I was getting, listening, that there was a lot of things that the Shockers did right. This is a neutral floor. And uh, two coaches who know each other very, very well. And I hope this isn't the last time that, that K-State and, and WSU play. I hope it's not. Uh, but it, it, it was a good, close game. There were some surprising things. There were some... There was uh, some young men that played for Wichita State that I'm not very familiar with. I'm going to have to, you know, familiarize myself with them. But, but I thought overall that there were some good things that and that this was a competitive game, and uh, I'm glad to see Wichita State making those strides. But I'm also grateful to Kansas State for saying, you know, something. This is a game that is important to our state, and that's what I like. This is a game. And playing KU and Wichita State would be also important to our state. You know, the three major universities. I mean, you got two Big Twelve teams, and you got an AAC team or an AAC team. I think it's important that these teams all play each other. So it warmed my heart. But I know something had to do with Mills and and uh, you know K State and and their relationship. So you know, good for them. I'm glad they played it. I hope it's not the last time. Isn't there one? It's scheduled for one more time. I think I there's think. one more. That's yeah. what I Where's thought. Where's one more? I look. I That's think right. if those two are the coach, you would think that they'll keep to keep to play. That's it, what right? I'm thinking. Like if, if those are the two coaches, I think that will make it easier. Yes. Uh, I hope it does. I'm with you. It needs to happen. I, I think Wichita State and KU need to play every no year question. too, quite frankly, and they will uh, here pretty quick. Uh, so we'll see. I, I, you know, watching the game. It was interesting because you you felt good about K-State bouncing back. I actually felt good about Wichita State and the way that, you know, Bijan Cortez played in his debut. I thought he was ahead of schedule for sure from what I expected out of him. And a lot of it was out of necessity because the Shockers got in foul trouble. But uh, 
We'll see. Conference schedule right around the corner now for both teams. So excited about that. Each of them, I think, get one more non-con, and then it's full steam ahead with college basketball. All right, we'll come back. We'll tell you what's on tap here. Busy weekend on the networks. We'll tell you where you can find what as we wrap up Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.